Audio Jungle. Hi, I'm Alex Sermon, Managing Director of Wealth here at First Trade, and this is our next edition of the Whiskey and Wealth Tech Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the Managing Director of Ventures here at First Trade, Marshall Smith, who hosts his own podcast. So, Marshall, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast, and we're not drinking whiskey today. What are we drinking? Great. Well, hey, thanks for having me here on the uh, Whiskey and Wealth Tech uh, podcast. I'm a big fan. Listen to all your episodes. Uh, and yes, that's right. I do, uh, host the ventures in wealth tech podcast. I think our podcasts are, uh, sisters or brothers. And, uh, we talk all things early stage, uh, tech and innovation in the wealth tech space. And so first rate ventures is first rates, corporate venture capital strategy, where we invest in early stage wealth tech companies around the globe. Uh, and we also represent first rates interests in acquisitions. Uh, around the globe. And so the reason that we're not drinking uh, whiskey today is because we're drinking a Pisco. And I was introduced to Pisco on a recent trip to Santiago, Chile, uh, where uh, we just announced an acquisition of Finantech. And so I think it's fitting uh, for this episode that you were uh, generous enough to move uh, slightly beyond whiskey uh, to the Pisco uh, variety. And uh, so that's, that's what got us here today. Excellent. Well, without further ado, let's try this out. So, cheers. Cheers. Mm. So, Pisco is more of a uh, brandy-type liquor than uh, it is a whiskey, and so this is made out of grapes, but I'm getting a lot of really good, you know, metallic vanilla, woody notes, kind of similar to what I would would think, you know, Canadian whiskey typically imagine so it's really smooth not like other brandies that i've had yeah what are you marshall well i'm not sure what i'm getting but what i'm getting is it's really actually pretty nice to drink it's easy to drink it doesn't shock the mouth it just kind of goes down smooth but i get a little bit of maybe licorice is the thing that i was tasting okay um maybe i think the vanilla that you said and maybe metallic is the right way to describe it yeah now when we were in chile we were introduced to the Pisco in a Pisco Sour, mm-hmm. which is like a margarita, essentially. And, and they're really easy to drink, even easier to drink than this is neat. Mm-hmm. And so you get a few Piscos in and then you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not only do you, uh, you know, normally do you drink uh, Pisco in a sour, but also we've heard mixing it with a soda or some other carbonated be- uh, beverage is pretty common as well. but. Uh, Chilean Pisco, like what we're drinking, is typically mixed with uh, you know, a Sprite or a Coke, whereas a Peruvian Pisco, where the term originates from, that's where you get more of the Pisco sour from. And so uh, in addition to moving away from whiskey, we're also going to do something that's a bit odd for uh, our podcast. We're actually going to try uh, mixing our Pisco with some sodas as the way it's intended, so we're not uh, affronting any of our new uh, Chilean uh, counterparts down in uh, Santiago. Yeah, I can see the comments coming into the YouTube stream now. Uh, you're drinking it wrong, but we're doing our best, and we're enjoying it. And I have to say, it's pretty easy to drink. Yes, it is. All right. Perfect. So let's... Uh, pour those? Pour those. So I got a question for you, Alex. Okay. Will this be the first and only time that you don't drink whiskey on the Whiskey and Wealth Tech podcast? 
It is indeed the first time. We'll see if it's the last time. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. I could see other opportunities for uh, us to enjoy other uh, other beverages than, than whiskey, depending on the situation. So yeah. we have had one episode where uh, we had a uh, interviewee actually smoking a cigar rather than uh, drinking a whiskey. So wow, you know, we that, that reminds me of. Uh, Elon's episode where he uh, was smoking something else on the episode. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get there here yeah, on Whiskey and Wealth Tech. That might be a little bit uh, too far uh, too far afield for, uh, <laughs> for the Whiskey and Wealth Tech. Okay. So, cheers. Cheers. Very nice. Yeah. Tastes like any other whiskey coke ever had. Yeah. So, now about how is it, how's the piece go with the Sprite? It's pretty nice. I mean, it tastes. I think it actually mixes really well with the Sprite, to where you don't you don't pick it up too much. Mm-hmm. So a dangerous drink on in a summer on a hot day, I'd say. Ooh, okay, I can see that being good. You just uh, think you're drinking Sprite. Excellent. So, Marshall, tell me, how did First Street get involved in Chile? How did we end up acquiring a firm there? And you know, what's what's the overall strategy with that? Man, great question. I'll tell you, um, we didn't have a strategy to acquire a firm in Chile. Uh, First Rate, as you know, has a majority of its customers here in the U.S., primarily banks, all in wealth management, wealth reporting, performance, analytics, that sort of a thing. Uh, But our company has a vision to uh, expand globally. In the Latin American market, uh, while not one of the uh, top uh, markets in terms of wealth, uh, it's an underserved market in the sense that um, the the people who are serving the, the customers there and there are family offices, there are private banks, there's wealth managers, independent financial advisors, very similar markets uh, and type use cases uh, in segments to the US market. Um, what we saw is that um, mostly they're trying to be serviced by a US entity. So a US-based FinTech or a European-based FinTech flies people down into Latin America, tries to uh, land customers, but they generally service it from their hubs, You know, San Francisco, New York, Miami from Europe. And so when we started exploring that region, we came across a company that seemed to be doing a lot of things similar to us. Mm -hmm. They did performance, they did reporting, they did data aggregation. uh, And I reached out to them over LinkedIn and more or less said, hey, you guys are doing wealth tech, you're doing performance reporting, so do we. We're a private company and we're interested in exploring the Latin American market, let's talk. And I sent a message uh, that was to Jose Antonio uh, who is the uh, the president and uh, CEO of the company. And we just got on and had a nice chat and just talked about what they're up to, what we're up to, just started becoming friends, really. Mm-hmm. And then over time, we actually were exploring uh, becoming a minority investor in Finantech because we okay. thought, you know what, you guys know what you're doing there. We'd like to be a part of it. We'd like to explore growing in Latin America. We have some solutions they didn't have. But frankly, they had a great team. They had customers. They were profitable, and they were growing quickly. Mm-hmm. And they were a bootstrap company. And so uh, we're not a traditional venture investor where we always require an exit in certain amounts of time and that sort of a thing. So I think they, they saw us as a friendlier party to just collaborate with. Mm-hmm. But over time, it just became clear what was really uh, their primary interest was to, to sell the firm to a US-based uh, fintech and to continue working in that firm. And there's a number of different reasons for that. I could, you know, maybe one day if you uh, interview them, they could go into those further. 
but the reality is that there's some challenges in the in the Latin American market, some potential instability with different governments uh, and uh, regulatory approaches and and that sort of a thing. And so many people who have wealth in Latin America want to custody those assets in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and they'd prefer uh, if the fintechs hosting all that data uh, was based in the U.S. In some instances, some instances they want it local. Sometimes they want it in the U.S. So the more and more we talked about those things, it just started making sense. Yeah. What First Rate has is a platform that's going to continue into perpetuity. We're going to operate forever, and we're never going to exit. And we want to have an operating base in Latin America serving wealth management customers in that market. So we didn't want to acquire a business, shut down the office, and run it all from Arlington, Texas. Uh, our mission is to have people on the ground in countries and markets around the world leveraging our culture and our DNA to have successful operations to make impact on clients, coworkers, and community. And um, over time, it just became clear that uh, First Rate and Finantech coming together was the way to do that. So it really was an accident, uh, but perhaps it's a divine uh, appointment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so far, so good. Excellent. So what are the kinds of things that Finantech is bringing um, to you know, First Rate other than just being able to be a hub for us in Latin America? So I mean, how many coworkers do we get? What kind of technologies are we going to be able to leverage that we might not have had before? Yeah, great question. Well, the three primary things they do is data aggregation, uh, they do performance calculations, and they do reporting. Mm -hmm. Those are three of the things that we do as well. They actually had quite advanced in that they were using tech to um, uh, take um, unstructured data, mm -hmm. and they're imaging those and using OCR technology to scrape them and automate a lot of that because 90% of the data going into the system is unstructured data. Okay. So there's not as mature of a data feed system and network in the Latin American markets. So first, they had some pretty impressive technology around how to do that, and uh, they're really leaders in the space. That's one of their main differentiators. Yeah. The second is that they had built the platform specifically for lower volumes and higher customization. And that's common in the family office market. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the bank, wealth management, RIA, and down towards the broker, dealer, and retail spaces, it's all about volume. It's about getting the same package of reports out the exact same way. So. The two of the founders of the firm had worked together in a private bank in Chile in their early years, and they calculated performance manually themselves. And so they knew the pain of producing these customized reports, and they knew the pain of collecting the data via unstructured uh, methods. And so they set out themselves to solve that problem. And over time, they were actually in the family office space themselves, and so understood the challenges of the family offices. So they really built the solution from scratch as users and as customers. Um, and so anytime you have a user and a customer of a use case on the building side mm -hmm. of it, paired with a, a really technical uh, leader like uh, Jose Antonio, who leads the product team, mm -hmm. and they're just scrappy. They're building things that are needed. They have a quick iteration loop on use case to feedback to solution. And they've really uh, built something that really works well for the Latin American market. And so there's nine coworkers uh, that'll be joining first rate, Jose Antonio, will be the managing director of First Rate Chile in our Latin American division. And uh, the other two co-founders, uh, Javier Peters and Felipe Mao, will be joining uh, us as well as strategic advisors. Okay. And so we're really excited because just with this combination, we believe there's a lot more opportunity just within Chile itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they've been able to do a number of, of deals there, but being a small bootstrap company, doing larger enterprise deals can be challenging. They need security and compliance uh, processes that First Rate has. So we'll be able to help them there do larger deals within Chile. 
but we believe uh, in the neighboring Latin American markets, they're very underserved and it's a green field uh, for a provider that has people on the ground, in market, understanding those peculiar differences about their, uh, their data and their reporting and the investments that they're doing there. So we plan to grow the office in Santiago and start serving customers in neighboring countries. We're looking at uh, Colombia, we're looking at Peru, we're looking at Uruguay, we're looking at Mexico. Uh, and so we're really excited about the growth uh, in Latin America. Excellent. Well, that's, that all sounds great. And we're happy to welcome a few more uh, coworkers here to First Rate and be able to start spreading that First Rate culture all the way down to Santiago. And so, Marshall, now that uh, you know, you've helped us acquire Finance Act and you know, it's going to be run by uh, Jose Antonio, what's next for you? So what's on the what's on the horizon for ventures now? Yeah, great question. So we're just going through our 2023 planning and review cycles, uh, and so Ventures is very excited uh, to continue helping First Rate grow into some specific uh, markets. Uh, we're going to be focused on the Asia Pacific and European markets in 2023. That's a focus area for us. Mm -hmm. um, there are opportunities in the U.S. market that we're also interested in. There is a pending transaction that we can't announce yet that you should be hearing about here in the next 90 days that'll be very exciting for us uh, in, in our U.S. market. Um, so we're gonna be focused on, on the Asia Pacific and European markets. Those are two markets we actually have traction in. Mm -hmm. Just in the last uh, two weeks, uh, we signed our first customer in the Asia Pacific region, and we should be signing a second and third customer in the next quarter. Uh, and in Europe, we've had customers now for over 10 years and a direct customers for the last two to three and now we have employees now in Birmingham. And so what we wanna do is look at potentially uh, acquiring firms or investing in early stage firms that have a presence in those markets. So really Ventures does two things. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about acquisitions today, uh, but we also look at early stage companies that we want to partner with and that do uh, uh, have products and solutions that are complementary to ours and where we can add value to their company as a strategic investor. And so we're really looking at early stage investments as well as acquisitions in the in the global markets. Uh, we're also really interested in exploring the Middle East, North Africa in 2023. That's we see as an emerging market. There's lots of development going there for tech and blockchain. And we believe uh, that there's a ripe opportunity to serve uh, the wealth management needs of that market. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you've got an exciting 2023 ahead of you. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more about it and maybe you bringing me a, a few other non-whiskeys or international whiskeys that we might be able to share together. Hey, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, reject another offer to come on the Whiskey and Wealth Tech with a, with a new uh, regional variety. Well, thank you so much, Marshall, for your time today and for uh, sharing some Pisco with us. Uh, looking forward to uh, hearing about your next new adventure. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the uh, Whiskey and Wealth Tech podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll be with you next time, and cheers. Cheers. Awesome. That was good.